Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie The Expendables 2 from 2012. The studio was Lionsgate, the release date August 17, 2012. The running time 103 minutes and the rating of R. The budget was $100 million and the box office took in $85 million, that was domestic gross, making it the 36th ranked movie of 2012. Now, it took in an extra $229 million internationally, so it definitely made some profit. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 67% fresh from 131 reviews. Their critic consensus is taut, violent, and suitably self-deprecating. The Expendables 2 gives classic action fans everything they can reasonably expect from a star-studded shoot-'em-up, for better and for worse. Peter Travers from Rolling Stone magazine gave it 2 out of 4 stars, and here's his review. I wanted to like this movie. Really. Old guard action stars Sylvester Stallone, Dolph Lundgren, Jet Li, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Bruce Willis, Chuck Norris, and Arnold Schwarzenegger out to prove they can still cut the mustard. What's not to root for? But the strange shows in The Expendables 2, even with the flashy editing and a pounding soundtrack. Like the 2010 original, The Expendables 2 is all sound and fury signifying nothing, when at the very least it should add up to big dumb fun. The sequel doesn't wear down your resistance, it just wears you out. It helps a little that Simon West of the immortal guilty pleasure Con Air takes over the directing chores from Stallone. But the script by Stallone and Richard Wank doesn't so much defy credulity as bludgeoning it to death. It's up to Stallone's Barney Russ and his AARP team to save the world by grabbing hold of a stash of plutonium from a plane that's crashed in Albania before the villain, Van Damme, gets it first. It's simple stuff. Barney's second-in-command, Lee Christmas, played by Jason Statham, a baby at the age of 44, is back in play. And there's new blood in the form of Liam Hemsworth, as a sniper trained in Afghanistan, and Yu Nam, as a Chinese tech genius who is, OMFG, a woman. Their contractor, played by Bruce Willis, insists on it. And then the friendly rival, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, is amused by it. Cue the hail of bullets. Rest in pieces, cries Barney, before blowing away a fool. The script tries to beat audiences and critics to the punch by supplying its own insult. Spotting an aircraft on its last leg, Stallone says that the plane belongs in a museum. Snap Schwarzenegger, we all do. Ouch, the truth hurts. And that's the end of his review. So if you enjoy one Expendables movie, you're likely going to enjoy them all. It's action, action, and more action. Now, I appreciate how the Expendables series is all done in a tongue-in-cheek sort of way with an obvious homage to the blockbuster action films of the 1980s. So even though Peter Travers didn't give the sequel a glowing review, let's face it, this series isn't for the critics at all. This is purely for the fans who miss a bygone era of true movie stars, something that today's films are completely missing. And as much as I enjoy the modern superhero films, Audiences simply aren't going to the theaters because Chris Evans is playing Captain America. Now look, he's fine in that role, but do you think he could carry an action film by himself without playing a superhero like the 80s action stars that appear in The Expendables? Not a chance. 
All right, the main cast. Normally, I go through a quick bio of the main characters, but there's so many people in this film that I'll just cover them when I get to the actual film, and Peter Travers already covered the heavy hitters in his review. Now, the director was Simon West. He was best known for the following films. The aforementioned Con Air, The General's Daughter with John Travolta, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, and the remake of The Mechanic with Jason Stratham. Okay, let's get into the making of the film. So when Sylvester Stallone began writing the original screenplay for the first Expendables movie, he always had a fr sort of franchise in mind, which action films definitely lend themselves to. And with the first film being very successful, not just in the U.S., but globally, it was an easy pitch to get a gr sequel greenlit. Also, audiences enjoyed the back-to-basics approach the Expendables had for action films. You had the adrenaline rush, and again, these guys were the last of the big movie stars, and action fans eat this stuff up. There's no apologies, you just give them what they want. Stallone said on the first film he was a bit conflicted about what sort of tone and direction he wanted things to go, so he basically made it a kitchen sink type of deal, and audiences loved it. Now with the sequel, he knew what worked and amplified it since he knew how all the pieces fit together. Stallone also took a physical and mental beating on the first film as he wrote, directed, and did many of the stunts on that film. He injured himself a few times, which made having to direct the film even more challenging. This time he knew he just wanted to act and not direct. So Simon West was brought in as action films are his forte. Now, Stallone wanted to get deeper into the characters more than the first film, since audiences already now know who's on the team, and they want some more insight into what makes them tick. The tricky part, logistically for Simon West and the producers, was to get all of the schedules to align for the big stars like Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis, and Chuck Norris. So once they found those tiny windows of time, they made sure to have as many scenes with them together as possible, because something like this probably wouldn't happen again. In the case of Chuck Norris, he came out of retirement for this role, which was very cool. The other cool thing about the cast is almost all of them were hand-to-hand -hand combat fighters, not just weapon guys. This always makes fight scenes so much more engaging and fun to watch. And the majority of the film was shot in Bulgaria. Okay, let's get into the film. So it begins in Nepal. The Expendables are on a mission to rescue a hostage captured by a local military warlord. Then group includes Barney Ross, which is Sylvester Stallone, Lee Christmas, which is Jason Statham, Yin Yang, which is Jet Li, Hail Caesar, which is Terry Crews, Toll Road, which is Randy Couture, Gunnar Jensen, Dolph Lundgren, and new to the group from the first film, a sniper named Billy the Kid, played by Liam Hemsworth. Now, just like the first film, the action is terrific and over the top, no pun intended, which it's meant to be. Bullets are flying everywhere. There's explosions and body parts splattered all over the place and a quick little tongue-in-cheek jokes. And this is what action fans of the 80s have been missing. One particular stunt was especially cool as Barney projects a driverless motorcycle off a rooftop through the air to smash into an enemy helicopter. On this mission, Jet Li gets plenty of hand-to-hand -hand martial arts combat, which is always enjoyable to watch as he does all of his own stunts. The opening action sequence took about three months for director Simon West's storyboard. And that preparation definitely paid off because the audience is totally into the film from the get-go. In addition to saving the main hostage, which is a Chinese billionaire, they also get an additional surprise hostage rescue in the deal. Toro, get him up. Trench? Oh, this is embarrassing. Yeah, sure is. What's she doing here? Saving this Chinese billionaire. Oh, yeah? That's funny. 
So are we. But then we have a sketching problem, don't we? Cut me loose, Frankenstein. Don't get nuts, Gunner. Do it. Where's your team? Waiting. I need a weapon. Something big. Yours! Whoa, 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 whoa. My big weapon's hanging right where it is. Come on, Caesar. You gotta back up. If I don't get this back, your ass is terminated. In your dreams. Trench, we got a way out. Thanks. I got my own. Let's get you out of here, pal. Hey, look, I hate to break up the province. 20 seconds late. Get money bags up. Well, thank you, Wipinosh. I hate owing you. Well, you do, big boy. So, yes, you get the cheesy line of Trench by Arnold Schwarzenegger because that's what you expect here. And that's the thing. Nobody wants surprises from this sort of film. The guys have a few close calls, escaping Nepal, of course, because you need a bit of tension in the action, like getting the plane to get off the ground just in the nick of time before potentially crashing into a bridge. The guys return back to the States and go to their local hangout to celebrate their latest mission. And we learn a bit more about Gunner. Got a pen? Hey, you got anything that doesn't have skulls on it? Matter of fact, I don't. Einstein's theory of special relativity. Only I made it better. <laughs> Believe it or not, before Gunner became chemically unbalanced, he went to MIT and had a master's degree in chemical engineering. The city had actually had a brain, you believe that? What happened? He quit to be a bouncer. I went to get close to this girl who danced at this disco. And I can't believe she dumped you. Wouldn't you? I would, yeah. <laughs> By the way, Dolph Lundgren really does have a degree in chemical engineering, and the formula he wrote down on a napkin and then blew his nose into, that was an accurate equation. Billy takes Barney aside and tells Barney he appreciates being part of the team, but he needs to move on to it for a different life. Barney understands and agrees it's not the life he would choose for someone younger with a bright future ahead of him. Billy agrees to stick with the group for the rest of the month. Barney heads home and then gets an unexpected visitor. Take a guess. Aboard 
that plane is a safe kind, something you don't need to know about. All you need to know is you can't let it fall into the wrong hands. Now you're gonna go in there and you're gonna get the contents of that safe before anyone else, you're gonna bring it to me. It should be a walk in the park for you. And then we're even. We'll get to that. The safe in that plane is very high tech. The access code changes every 120 seconds. You use the wrong code, it blows. So we need to get you. Wait, 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 who's we? Who are you working with? That's not your business. Let's just call our host the corporation. All right? I'm sending along a pro who specializes in this type of situation. Her name is Maggie Chan. A woman. That usually goes along with the name Maggie. Yeah. Forget it. She can handle herself. But let me be clear. If anything happens to her, she gets hangnail, she gets hurt, she gets roughed up. She doesn't come back in exactly the same condition she went in. You and your little gang of psychotic mutts will never be seen again. And that, I promise you. I don't make a very good babysitter. <laughs> I'll sell you so short. You're gonna make a very good babysitter. Be there at seven. Now, if you haven't seen the first film, Church, that's Bruce Willis, is a CIA operative who pops in from time to time to send the guys on unofficial missions to clean up messes. That night, Barney meets with Maggie Chan, played by Yunnan, whom the CIA is assigning to join the Expendables for the mission. But Barney is wary of any outsiders, but Maggie assures Barney she's more than capable of handling herself. The next morning, the group heads to Albania to retrieve the mystery item from the crash plane. And we find out a little bit more about Billy's background and possibly why he wants out of the Special Forces life. Hey. You in the army, right? I can tell. Yes, ma'am. Three years. Last tour was Afghanistan, Kuna province. Didn't like it anymore? Uh, long story. I would like to hear it. All right. I uh, was trained as a sniper and an instructor too, but I just really wanted to mix it up, you know, the action bit. Uh, this one time we were stuck out in this hellhole valley. About 30 Taliban opened up from these houses in the hills above us. And they got about eight of us pinned down bad. So I called in for artillery support, but no way, says the captain. Didn't want to endanger the locals. So we scattered, some crawled to a ditch, some to a dry riverbed, and the rest bailed, but we were still stuck in the kill zone. And we battled for, I don't know, three hours. And finally, an Apache gunship chopper showed up to provide air cover. Scattered the Hajis, but... Smoke clears and four of my squad are dead in the ditch, two in the riverbed. sick all dead for nothing you know the most screwed up thing of all is when I got back to base that night I found out that they had shot this stray dog that I adopted commander's orders to get rid of all animals on the base I mean you think we had enough damn shooting for one day you know Now anyway, I uh, 
I figured it was time to move on. I heard these guys were looking for someone, and here I am. Now, that story that Liam Hemsworth tells was partly based on an article that Stallone read and Stallone incorporated into the script. The team lands, and Barney gives Billy orders to take point. Hello, darling. Hello, darling. I'm a little busy. Come All right, let's me. move. We're in out of here fast. Sooner the better. Go to the kid. Yeah. Today's your lucky day. You get to take point. My pleasure, sir. Impressive. Remember when you could do that? No, do you? Blow my wife, I need a tell. Really? Look down. Look down. You see what I see? Short legs. A thousand bucks, you can't catch them. Come on, Flash. I'm a little busy. Oh, yeah. Barney and Maggie find the item, but it takes a quick code cracking for her to retrieve the item before a security bomb would detonate the safe. The guys have what they now need and radio Billy that they are heading out. However, they run into some trouble as Billy has been captured by an opposing mercenary group called the Sangs. Aren't you curious about what's inside the case? No, I just want to get Church off our back. Billy the Kid! Where the hell is he? Billy! Drop your weapons! No way! It ain't happening. No? Are you sure? I'm sorry, sir, they were waiting. Drop the weapons now. Don't do it. He's a strong soldier. Let's see how strong he is. Do it. No! Don't do nothing, he says! Don't talk. She not speak. When I fire, his head will be gone. Three seconds. Don't give you weapons. You don't owe me anything. What? Do. Don't do this. They'll kill everyone. He's gonna kill him. Et numéro trois. Drop him. I'm impressed. Very good use of intelligence. Everybody stay calm, we'll be done soon, and then we'll be on our way. Bring me that knife. What's this symbol? I like symbol.
This is the symbol of the goat, the pet of Satan. They say, you have a case that belongs to me. Does it? Yes, like your lives. It was lost, he doesn't have it. Last time the case, they will force me to cut his heart out. Do it, you piece of shit. Wait! Let me have it. That you had. Now pick it up. Hand it to me nicely, or you'll get what he got. Do it, Lee. Respect is everything. Without respect, we're just people. Common shitty people. I'm sorry, sir. It's not your fault. Now what? We're both fighting men. And I respect that. And fighting men, they don't deserve to be killed like sheep. But respect must be taught. Lie down with your face on the ground until we leave. Don't challenge me. Get down. Up. Are you afraid of me? No! I'm not! You should be! Cut his hands loose. Letter. In my pocket. All right, kid, I got it. I got it.
I believe you. What was in the case? A computer blueprint of a mine. A mine? What mine? The Russians stored nearly five tons of weapons-grade plutonium. The mine was abandoned after the Cold War. No one knows it's there. The blueprint shows where the plutonium is stored. We want to stop it before it gets in the wrong hands. I guess that didn't happen, did it? This kid died so some tap back and make bombs. I'm so sorry. Not as sorry as I am. Let's take care of him. Dear Sophia, I wish I could find something different to do besides just missing you, but I can't. The team's treating me good. We got each other's backs. I want you to know that wherever I end up, I'll be one of the very best for you. And if some miracle happens and I come back again, I hope I'm still your man. Much love, Billy. Why is it that one of us who wants to live the most, who deserves to live the most, dies? And the ones that deserve to die keep on living. What's the message in that? What's the plan? Track them, find them, kill them. Hell yeah! Anyway, the leader of the group, whom I guess goes by the very clever name of Vil An... <laughs> I'll just call him Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, he did one of those patented roundhouse kicks to plunge the large blade into Billy's chest from the hands of one of the henchmen. The Sangs are looking for plutonium that Maggie mentioned in the previous clip. The computer from the aircraft has the details of where to find it. We got a problem. The digging has slowed down. Too many are dying. They're exhausted. He's tired. Anybody else tired? Get more workers. What are they taking most of the men from the villages? Get all the rest. Women, children. All of them. Show me. Now we know where it is. Right, right. Okay, I know what to do. Good. I want the plutonium out in three days. Three days? I have people ready to pay four million a kilo now. Three days. No more. Understood. 
You're smart. Imagine if six pounds of pure plutonium is powerful enough to change the balance of the world. So imagine what five tons would do. It's very interesting. Yeah. The Expendables, in the meantime, are tracking the location of the Sangs, which includes a nice, quick barroom brawl involving Barney and Lee. The guys end up in Bulgaria at an abandoned Russian training spy camp, and we also get a lighthearted moment where the group does a little bonding over their favorite foods. This tastes like shit. How's yours? Can't complain about rigatoni. Plan ahead, fellas. That's all I have to say. Yo, what if you knew you were gonna die tomorrow? What would your last meal be? One choice. One choice? Probably cereal for you, huh? But what the hell's wrong with cereal? It's cliche. You gotta be original. You know, if you were an original broad-thinking man, you'd probably come up with some special cereal, like Erios, you know, just like your ear. You know, pour milk on them suckers, they just lay there and you don't hear shit. For the record, my hearing is 20-20. Barney. Donuts and most food that kills you. That's deep, man. <laughs> I think so. Maggie? Crispy, aromatic duck with plum sauce. Very sexy. But I like Italian, too. I'm starting to think Italian's overrated. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what about me? My favorite Swedish dinner would be baby seal and whale ash in the summer. But I'd really die for some Chinese. Then you're gonna starve to death. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet dreams. Hey, Barney, I'm not done eating, man. Later that evening, we get some more insight into Barney's mindset for his current life. Can I ask you something? Sure, go ahead. Why are you so nervous around me? I don't get nervous, Maggie. What is it then? I just like keeping a distance. Is it because you don't want to know any more people? Let's just say bad things have happened to people I've gotten close to. Not a good way to live. I know. Do you think about the young man who died? All the time. You don't talk about him much. That's how we deal with death. Can't change what it is, so we keep it light until it's time to get dark. And then we get pitch black. Understand? I understand. Good night. 
The next morning, the guys get ambushed by the Sangs, but they get help from an unknown source. Houston, we got a problem. Where the hell are you? I'm almost dead. What's going on? Are those shots? Yeah. What's happening? The tank's got us pinned down. Can you hold them off? Yeah, maybe with a tank. Oh, shit. What? They got a tank. Come on, come on, come on. One left. Why not? Hey, who did that? Not me, I'm out. What just happened? Somebody got a little carried away. It looks that way. Where are the shooters? I don't know, but if they wanted us dead, we'd be dead. Bonnie. Small world, huh, Barney? Booker? Rumor had that you were dead. Yeah, I heard that too. So how's life treating you? Been better. You did all this? I fly solo. I thought you knew that. Yeah, I heard it, but I didn't buy it. Well, now you do. This your team? Yeah. Gunner, Toll Road, Hail Caesar, and Maggie. Booker, you're the one people call the lone wolf? I've been called that, but I have no one. Not that much. I heard another rumor that you were bitten by a king cobra. Yeah, I was. But after five days of agonizing pain, the Cobra died. <laughs> hey, Booker, great to see you. Yup, the man, Chuck Norris, comes to the rescue and even pokes fun at his own legendary persona with the Cobra joke, which Chuck actually came up with for the scene. 
His character is named Booker, which was his character name in the 1978 film Good Guys Wear Black. So in a fun part of movie-making magic, Jason Statham wasn't even available for the first two weeks of shooting, which included this previous sequence against the Sangs. So to still have him be part of this scene, they wrote in a plot line having Statham go to pick up an additional weapons and on the radio, so he can still be part of the scene without actually being on set for the action. After being helped by Booker, the team runs into a group of armed women who are also fighting against the Sangs. They're trying to protect their children from being taken and using them as slave labor in the mines for the Sangs. The women's husbands have all been taken from the town. The women plead for the Expendables to stay and help fight off the Sangs. Initially, Barney turns them down, saying they have their own business with the Sangs. However, he has a change of heart, and the crew end up wiping out a large group of the Sangs who came to take the children. So the plan from Villan is to find the plutonium and then kill all the villagers who work in the mine. All right, there's about 30 minutes remaining and there's tons of action left. You could pretty much guess the final outcome. There are no surprises here, but that was never the point of the Expendable series. So what you do end up getting is a dream battle fight of sorts involving Stallone and Van Damme, which for action fans is a pretty cool thing. Along with the scenes later in the film with Willis, Norris, and Schwarzenegger all fighting together. Look, if you're a fan of 80s action films, the first two Expendable movies should be right up your alley. But I can't finish the episode without a scene with all three of the action icons together. You even now, right? Right. I'll be seeing you around, Charlie. Thanks a lot. Relax. It's not over yet. What? That's right. How you doing, pal? I was doing pretty good, Church. What are you doing here? There's a party in town. Yeah, but it's my party. Has he always been as selfish? Always. Thanks. Do you want to kick Belaine's ass or not? Don't forget the little rascal. I'm almost out. I'll be back. You've been back enough. I'll be back. Yippee-ki-yay. Get in! Your shoe is bigger than this car. Shoot something! All right, there are some deleted scenes. There's a really funny scene with Stallone and, and Statham about Stallone's character always bringing a disposable camera everywhere. There's an extended scene with Bruce Willis and Stallone from the beginning of the film. There's an extended scene on the airplane with the Expendables on their mission to Albania, mostly the guys busting each other's balls. There's a martial arts scene with Maggie, and then there's an extended ensemble fight scene towards the end of the film, mostly with Terry Crews and Randy Couture. All right, some fun facts. Tennis star Novak Djokovic filmed a cameo, but his scene was ultimately cut. Stars that were in talks to be part of the film, but ultimately were not, include Steve Austin and Mickey Rourke. They would have returned from the first film, but didn't. Charlie Sheen, Nicolas Cage, John Travolta, Antonio Banderas, Jackie Chan, Gina Carano, and Taylor Lautner. 
Unfortunately, the production had a few incidents which caused problems on the film. One involved the government of Bulgaria and fines imposed for environmental concerns regarding the removal of shrubs and later an excessive number of dead bats which the government attributed to the on-location filming. Also, a stuntman was killed after an explosion on a rubber boat, killed the stuntman, and left another in critical condition. And if you were wondering about the film, the body count was 482. All right, we have a special guest and frequent guest, Bill Roseberry, who loves his 80s action films. So, of course, he loves The Expendables, and we talk about the sequel. And I'll be back next week to talk about yet another random movie from my DVD collection. Okay, we're back, and part of my Expendables team for Damn Good Movie <laughs> Memories is Bill Roseberry, who's been on many different episodes. He's also on the Metal Mike show uh, that you can hear on that metal station every Friday starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Welcome back, Bill. How's it going? So, what, am I the am I the lone wolf? Well, <laughs> we'll get into our favorite ex- expendable soon. So, <laughs> uh, first, before we get into the sequel, how did you see the first film? How did you hear about it? And obviously, you enjoyed it enough to check out the second one. I went to the show to see the first one. I mean, come on, man. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm I just turned forty five years old. Uh, um, Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, ran my childhood. And uh, mm-hmm. when I get word that uh, even though Arnold was actually still governor in the first one and only <laughs> made the the small cameo to just know that those two men were going to be on a screen together, mm-hmm. I I was going to go there to see it. I mean, there was no no doubt in my mind. I mean, and uh, uh, I definitely was not disappointed because. Sly, he knows how to make an action movie. You yes, know? And he had a lot of control over it. I mean, is it over the top? Is it? It could. You, could you tear it apart? Um, you know, all, all these movies. Could you tear them apart? Plot structure, of course. You can. You tear them apart. Acting. Can you tear them apart on some of the, you know, almost superhero type things that these guys do? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But that's not what it's all about. It's about big explosions it's about kicking ass and it's about you know just being entertained and that's pure what, en- yeah pure unadulterated manly entertainment that's what yeah. sylvester stallone and arnold schwarzenegger provided me as a, as a kid and to see that come back i mean one of my favorite movies of all times is, is commando i mean yeah. there's nothing realistic about that movie it's one-liners and it's just badass you know, I'm going to go through and they they are almost superheroes. They're real life. Sure. Superheroes. And, uh, you know, just to know that Sly was doing this and putting together like the 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 new guys and the old guys together. It was great. So the first Expendables, you know, I was all on board with. I watched it. I loved it. When mm-hmm. I found out about the second one, I think I might have gone to see it on opening night at the movies. Oh, wow. So you're definitely excited. Yes, absolutely. Well, so I, your man crush is Matthew McConaughey. Mine is actually Jason Statham because I think he's just the there are very few action stars that you would go to see pretty much anything they're in. And I'm like that with Jason Statham. I just saw Wrath of Man. And it's great. It's it's totally old school. And he is just pure entertainment. So I love that he was part of, of this group. Absolutely. I mean, uh, not just him, but but Jet Li. Uh, totally. Him in. Um, you know, and, and, and even Terry Crews. Uh, oh, I love Terry Crews. You know, those guys coming in and, and uh, you know, in the first one, then, of course, you got 
you know, you, you had Dolph Lundgren, mm-hmm. you know, and then and you had uh, uh, Mickey Rourke, and you, yep. you had Bruce Willis, too. I mean, so you had that, that old-school action star pizzazz with it. And then, of course, a guy like Randy Couture, um, mm-hmm. you know, he, he was great in those movies, too, you know. And, uh, you know, the, the, the I, I know we're talking about the second one, but the first one of the things I loved there was Randy Couture and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Five yeah, years. the I mean, duel. It's like WWE versus mm-hmm. UFC. I mean, it's it's crap that, you know, it's little things like that, that that your average action fan at home is just going to chub out over you know like oh my god you know when those two started fighting i about lost it and then you know and the second one you know when you you've add in you know more arnold and and then you bring you know jean-claude van damme into the mix and you make him the bad guy because let's face it i watched a lot of his movies growing up too it it wasn't as good i mean him and steven seagal it it was a step down from watching arnold and sly yeah but he had some good stuff but i never really even liked him even when he was the good guy i always thought he was a douche he just came across as a douche so sly's smart enough to all right let's make him a douche in this movie and make yeah. him a bad guy and he is by far the best villain in the series i believe agreed um, he was great he was absolutely great best thing he ever did i mean mm-hmm. compared to blood sport i it was still i still high hold very high esteem for but I mean, I, I still think as far as acting goes, Expendables 2 is the best thing that, that he ever did. Well, and I totally agree with you when it comes to the plot. None of the plots matter in this. And so if, if you're going to make this work at all, besides the action, you need a strong villain. And I did like Eric Roberts in the first one. But as you said, Jean-Claude Van Damme kind of takes us to a, to the next level. And I think I think you would agree. The second one, I think, is the best of the, of the three. Yes, I would agree. Matter of fact, I don't even really like the third one. I don't own it. I was about to ask you. Yeah, I, I own it, but oh my god, they tried to make it PG thirteen, and that yes. that immediately they did. That's wrong because nobody wants to see that. They don't want to see it toned down. No, no, and and and, and they they just they tried to do too much. You know, they were just trying to make the cast so big and just add so much. You know, in the third one, I just I just felt like they they just there was just too much going on, and and like you said, that's another thing they they tried to make it more family friendly and yeah it just it just didn't work you know i mean uh yeah the first two like i said he he hit he hit his peak with that second one i mean it was it was great you know and and even you know uh liam hemsworth liam hemsworth was was good in it you know yeah you didn't know much about him i mean i knew he was chris hemsworth's brother but at that point i didn't i guess he'd done some oh what's the movie with jennifer lawrence that the series that was so popular. I, I'm not a fan. Um, but I know he was in those movies, the, um, Oh, Oh, the hunter hunger games, hunger games. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a fan of those, but I've only seen the first one, but I know he was in those and he built some kind of like teenager kind of cult following, you know, and everything. But, you know, I, I thought he was a nice addition to the cast too. Sure. uh, And, and not. And, and though I've already talked about, it, I mean, they, they kind of get rid of him early, which is kind of a shame. But you need that, I guess, part of the plot. You need something to motivate them to get back in the game. Right. And it did. And then, and that that was I, you know, we talk, I talked about, you know, the plot's not that important, maybe. But, you know, the, the plot of the second movie is the best plot of the three movies. Mm-hmm. Too. I mm-hmm. mean, it just all around everything about it was the 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 best of the of the three you know i mean and and then the 
the Arnold Ar- getting more Arnold and Bruce Willis in the second one, I think really, really added to it too, especially the one liners and, yes. and all that stuff. I mean, to hear uh, Bruce Willis, you've been back enough. I'll be back. <laughs> and, then, and then Arnold's like, yippee kaye, motherfucker. It's like, right. so stupid, but hilarious right. at the same time. Yeah. Oh, that that's a scene stealer. The one where they're in the, um, they're in the building and they're in the little mini car and they're right. doing, I mean, that that's a great scene. I mean, that's what, that's what people are eating up. They're, they're looking for those, those, <laughs> yeah. those one scenes, uh, of the expendables. I kind of alluded to this. Who, who is your favorite? Who is your, uh, who's your go-to character? Man. I know it's not easy. I, I think, I think I might have to say Dolph. Oh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> He's so creepy. and he is. hilarious. I mean, uh, yeah, he, He's uh, in the second one, especially he he was great. And I mean, I'm talking just to the team. I mean, my favorite is probably Arnold still, you know, I okay. mean, overall. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really like uh, Dolph. He was I mean, he was so creepy with the uh, um, with the Asian girl. I can't remember her name now that uh, that was helping them. Oh, you know, Maggie. Yeah, Maggie. Maggie. Yeah. He, yep. he was so creepy with her. She just kind of look look over at him and. You know, I mean, like, you know, what is wrong with that guy? He's just in pure disgust. It was, <laughs> it was great. He he was just such a, such a creepy dude. I love, you know, uh, I I would love that they brought him back because I thought he was done. After the first going to be done after the first movie, but but I'm glad they brought him back. Well, I know they wanted Mickey Rourke, but I think he was in the middle of, of filming something, so they they couldn't really bring him back. And he was kind of an interesting piece of the first one. He's kind of like that sage. He, he wasn't doing any fighting, but he was kind of the uh, the overlord. And, and that brings up an interesting question. Is, now, somebody that hasn't been in at all, can you can you name an action hero you would have liked to see that would have been part of the Expendables, either as a good guy or a villain? Oh, The Rock. Okay. Oh, there you go. I mean, he, he, him on the, on the Expendables team would have been, would have been fantastic. I mean, that's, that was, um, that was a guy that, uh, that I, I really loved to see, see probably too much money. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, I think they, they spent quite a bit of money to, to get this done. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, he, he's the one guy that probably always, uh, stands out to me as a guy that, um, that they should add to that. Yeah. Sure. I love that they brought in Chuck Norris because yes. <laughs> I, I, growing up Chuck Norris, I could still watch a Chuck Norris movie and they're not great films, uh, but I, it doesn't matter. I just love Chuck Norris. And of course, Charles Bronson's dead now, but he was never like the kind of the, the karate, you know, martial arts guy like Chuck Norris was. So I thought that was a great scene. It was perfect for him. Uh, Matter of fact, Mike and I just watched uh, <laughs> just watched missing in action the other day oh yeah so uh yeah it was you know chuck norris was great in there i mean um i love the the whole thing where, where sly's like hey i i uh i heard you got bit by a king cobra and he says, <laughs> uh, yeah yes yes i did and after five long excruciatingly painful days the cobra died right i mean <laughs> they just played up the whole the whole thing and um He's such a shitty actor, man. I mean, <laughs> the dude, the dude's facial expression never changes. But you know, there's just something about him that uh, you just like him. Yeah, you just you just gotta love Chuck Norris, and and yeah, having him in there and having him come save all their asses was was phenomenal. 
Totally. Now I'm going to give you a, a quick, uh, you can either do an over under, but I think I'm going to have you guess first. Uh, I have the exact body count. How many thing? how many people do you think were killed in, in this movie? Oh my goodness. I'm going to go 125. Okay. You're, you're far too low. So do you, <laughs> you want to try, do you want to try again or I'll give you an over under? All right. Well, We'll go uh, 400 then. Okay, you're close. Okay, it's 482. Jeez. I just figured... <laughs> <laughs> I, I just figured that uh, that it probably lower. I should have gone higher. Because, you know, I tried this one time. My buddy Jake and I, uh-huh. when we were younger, uh, we, Jake and I decided to watch Commando. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we were sitting around drinking. And it might have been some of our other buddies with us. We were sitting around drinking, and we were going to count how many people that <laughs> got killed in there, and we lost count. So once, oh, yeah. he, once he got to the island, we were fucked. I mean, he came <laughs> off that boat and started killing people, and we were like, "Well, where are we at?" You know, and I mean, you know, he. he so so yeah, I, I mean, that's funny that you you did that i guess there's probably something online now oh totally i'm not gonna yeah you I don't didn't have sit there and count <laughs> no no thank <laughs> you back in the day people yeah it was kind of they, they had to keep a tally you know write everything down but uh, all right so you just rewatch this are there what are your favorite scenes what are the what are the things that st- stood out for you uh some memorable moments you took away from from the film favorite scenes i would say um Obviously, what we were talking about earlier with Bruce Willis and Arnold uh, towards the end there, um, when Chuck when Chuck Norris shows up in the town and, and saves them, I always have loved the part where they're they're in the uh, that little burned down um, place in the building at night too, and they're mm-hmm. in and they're yeah. kind of throwing one liners at each other and having the conversations. That was that was great. The part where Von Damme, when when Jean Claude Van Damme shows up. You know, with Liam Hemsworth and 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 all that. I mean, that's a very intense moment in the in the movie, and it. I wasn't expecting that, to tell you the truth. I mean, right. when he when he uh, you know takes him out, it 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 floored me. I was not expecting that to happen. So, um, you know, you, you're not you don't go into action movies like that to to be shocked, you know, in, in a plot. So I like that aspect of it too. Um, you know, just uh, I mean, straight from the beginning when they go in and, and they save Arnold and the uh, uh, politician or whatever. That was that was awesome. I mean, right mm-hmm. out the gate, they're they're killing people and, you know, it's action right from the start, you know. And uh, my biggest problem with this movie, and I don't know why it was like this, was um, why there was so, so little Jet Lee in this one. Seems right. Great in the first one. And that. That was part of it that that I always wished I wanted more more Jet Li like I had in the first movie because mm-hmm. he was great. I wonder if he was available because that's that's the problem with a lot of these guys is getting them all together and they have such a short time frame to get all these scenes done. So I want because I know Jason Statham. There were certain scenes that he's not even he's not even there. They just kind of film them separately um, because they had to bring them back to, to film certain scenes. So I, I think logistically it's so hard to get all of these these stars and, you know, at the same place though, at, at the same time. Oh, yeah. Oh, is that why? Is that why they they he, Sly sent him off on that separate? Trip? Exactly. Yeah. Huh. Yep. Yeah. That was that was interesting. I I never thought about that. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, I I I mean, I don't have many complaints about it. it the, the 
more Jet Li would have been my one thing. I think mm-hmm. that uh, that I would have liked to see. Um, uh, and it, to me, I mean, as badass as Sly is and everything, though, and, and boy, did did, did Von Dam look look good. He was in great shape. He was. I mean, it's still kind of a little hard for me to believe that that, that old Sly could, <laughs> could beat him in a fight. You know, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I know. I know Sly's badass, but I mean Jean Claude Van Damme was—he was a true badass, you know. It was—I uh, mean, I liked the fight. I thought it was done well. I just didn't think that that was that was all that believable either. That he'd he'd be able to take him out. But well, of course not. None of this is believable, and that's why we right. these. That's why we love <laughs> exactly. these films. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we already covered the third one. I, I don't know if there's going to be a fourth one or not, but if there is, if they go back to rated R, I, t- I take it you'd be all in. Yeah, even even at their advanced ages. I mean, hell, <laughs> I just watch. Uh, I just watched uh, Rambo: Last Blood. I thought that was great. Oh my god, it was fucking awesome. I mean, glorious so, hell. Yeah. So yeah, if he did an Expendables four, yeah, I'm all in, and I'd like to see who he who he'd add to the mix um, at this point, you know, because uh, um, maybe at this point they would bring the rock in or, sure. or, a, or a Vin Diesel or, or some people of that ilk. Maybe they'd even be able to get Chris Hemsworth to come. Yeah, in. exactly. That'd be great. So I think he'd fit that. Oh my God. With one liners. I mean, he'd be great, you know, him or the rock. I mean, it'd fit into those one liners that they have too. So. Or Chan, uh, Channing Tatum might not be bad. No, you know, there's a guy. Yeah, you know, there's a guy that, uh, man, what a, what a shitty actor and, <laughs> and he, he was when he first came out. I remember I had an ex-girlfriend, and she wanted to go see that Dear John movie mm. with him, um, which was a Nic- based on a Nicholas Sparks book. Great, great plot structure to that movie and everything. And it was it was. It wasn't that bad of a movie, but he was fucking terrible. His Mm -hmm. acting was atrocious. And when we leave, I was just, man, that that dude is terrible. And she's just like, well, what do you mean? How do you know what a good actor is or not? And well, we just watched American History X um, about a week before that. And I'm like, remember when Edward Norton's getting (laughs) arrested and he doesn't even have to say anything? He's just acting with his eyes. He outacted you know, Channing Tatum in that entire movie in that one scene without speaking a word. And she just goes, okay, I see what you mean. And she shut up. And <laughs> I, but I did like him in 21 jump street, but he's basically playing a buffoon. So, but that's the thing. He finally kind of came into his own and he got better, you know, right. And Mike and I talk about this a lot and I'm not going to put him on up. He's not going into the, the realm of of these guys but these guys are perfect examples of this too mm-hmm. um when you're a really really good looking guy i think they just throw you on screen and and you have to kind of grow and evolve on your own brad pitt and robert redford probably yep. two great examples not really good actors when they first started out but they've they grew into really good actors you know oh richard gear richard gear i never i don't think he ever grew into a great actor but but he had some some roles you know where the writing was good enough for him to be great in um, mm-hmm. like eternal affairs or brooklyn's finest um unfaithful he was great in those movies but um 
Yeah, well, you could mean, go we're, Ke- we're Keanu, Re- Keanu Reeves. I mean, he probably gets yes. bagged on the most, you know? Although, although I just watched River's Edge not that long ago. And Great he movie. Young. He was pretty good in that. Yeah. yeah. And that's early in his career. He was pretty good in that. So. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. And I think uh, some female actors probably get that the most, you know, models turn actresses and uh, absolutely you're yes. just you're looking at them straight for for their looks. And, uh, you know, men aren't uh, men are susceptible to this as well, as we've just proven. All right. So thank you so much for doing this. I know you guys <laughs> going to be back on soon and uh, enjoy action films. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. I love coming on here with you. Come hang out and chill with Brian A. Davis and the Bad Beat. Wednesdays, 11 p.m. Eastern, right here on ThatMetalStation.com.